Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as foodie nerd, dessert junkie, YouTuber. I make videos of the dessert nature. It's best to not lick the beaters while they're in motion. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Lauren Coyne. Hi, hello. Oh, hello, hello, hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell me to start with, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, look, generally I'll say hi, I'm, I'm Loz. I often shorten my own name. Um, <laughs> or if it's probably a little bit more formal, yes, I will say hi, I'm Lauren. Um, also depending on the person. But generally also in YouTube circles, I'll say hi, I'm Lauren, Mr. Zert Junkie. Just to keep it interesting. What keeps it very interesting. What about the people that don't know you as Ms. Dessert Junkie? Um, generally just Laws or Lauren. Um, if it's a bit casual, I'd probably go the Laws. But, you know, if it's mm-hmm. small in business, I'm going to go with Lauren. Generally people, when they hear the name Laws, they think, oh, where's that from? Is it Spanish? And I'm like, no, I'm just lazy. <laughs> You can always go with and say, yes, it's from somewhere in deepest, darkest Zeropa. I could. That could be an idea. Or no, I could say it's something have... that means like beautiful flower or something like that. I have bad ideas. Beautiful flowers, nice. Yeah. Do you know what your name means actually? No. No, I, I have to look it up because I always I look up and go, oh, that's nice. And then I totally forget what it is. I think mine means shit shovel or something. Oh, no. That could never happen for you, Mr. Malk. Rubbish. That's absolute truth. Um, Lauren, what are you passionate about? Well, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, I think at the moment I'm probably passionate about making, obviously, the YouTube videos and educating. Um, I'm mm-hmm. passionate about um, voting at the moment. Please, everybody, if you're in Australia, go and vote, especially if you're in the United States. Please go vote for the rest of the world. Um, I'm probably passionate about same-sex marriage. It's a thing that we don't have here in Australia. Unfortunately, we're a little bit behind the rest of the world and haven't got over that little hurdle yet. Um, God, what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, I don't sort of stick to one thing. I'll, I like to you know, show representation for multiple things, I think. Where do you find time to fit in the passion for all of these things, Loz? Oh, in this so-called thing you call spare time. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. You know, I think once you announce that you've got spare time, people go, well, well can you do some extra stuff or can you do this um, in a work setting? Um, I generally find on my weekends, late evenings, um, I'll get like a rush where I'll just completely go hardcore on creating and then I'll back off for a little bit. Um, I think the one thing when I am passionate about doing something someone else motivates me. I'll read something mm. or I'll see someone else do something and I go, damn it, I've got to get in there and have a crack at it. And how successful are you when you have a, have a crack? Pretty successful. I think I, you know, I'm happy with the effort that I put in. I think that's probably very important that you feel like you haven't wasted your time. Um, I think when you know that you've done that great job, I think that's how you know when you've achieved something. 
why are you passionate about getting people to vote? I think it's just so important. Um, for me, I think it's such a here in Australia. I think we should, do we give a bit of background? Yeah, please. Uh, so here in Australia, we are a democratic society. Voting is compulsory, but you have to put yourself on an electoral roll. People under the age of or people in the age of eighteen to I think it was twenty five around 1% of them are not on the electoral roll, which is a shame. Um, and 6% of the Australian population is not on the electoral roll. I've been researching. Um, and for me, I think that's such a shame because there are so many people in the world who don't get that opportunity. And we, you know, the people that always seem to complain, I find about politicians, policies, parliament, all those things. Did you vote? Nah. Well, why, why do you have the right to complain? Um, <laughs> and most importantly, you get to get a sausage at the end of the day. That is the highlight of any good election, right? Well, hopefully, yes. I mean, there are some uh, places where voting booths where there isn't the democracy sausage at the end. Which is, an, it's un-Australian. It's an outrage is what it is. And the best the best election booths, in my experience, aren't just the ones that have the democracy sausage, but the ones that then also have the uh, the baked goods like the coconut ices or the caramel slices or the, the things. Oh, that is, like, if you can get both, that's like a money oh. goal mine. Yeah. I remember one year, I think it was the year that Kevin Rudd, who was the first Kevin Rudd round, Kevin07, uh, mm. I actually drove around my electorate to find a very good electoral booth that sold both the sausage and the bake sale. Oh. That's dedication and, right there. And and what was the end result for you? Uh, sausage and some amazing patty cakes. It is the is the patty cake, the cupcake your go-to in, in that bake sale scenario? I think it was that or the choice of, say, like a date loaf. And I, I don't know anyone who actually enjoys a date loaf. It's got the word date in it to start with. It just doesn't give it like that enticement, like a, a cupcake. It's only got colour and sprinkles and then you've got dates. Mm. I don't mind a bit of the, the sugary accoutrement, um, like the aforementioned coconut slice, that kind of thing. That's always a winner. Or a brownie, that kind of, they're always good. Oh, you can never go wrong with a brownie. It's pretty hard oh. to stuff it up. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you can't overcook your brownie and try and say, oh, no, it's meant to be like that. No, it's a good rough. brownie it's is moist. If you burn something, it's yeah, caramelized. No, Listen, Master Chef. And if you break I... it, it's rustic. Yeah. <laughs> and if you fall out of the container, you pop it onto a plate and then you say it's deconstructed. Oh, nice. Here's my deconstructed lemon meringue pie, i.e. I didn't put it together. It fell apart in the car on the way here. Yeah, all of the meringues slid off the top. That's it. Yeah, it's very deconstructed. We got distracted. So in Australia, yes, we have to vote. That's right. But you you have to make that step yourself of putting yourself on the electoral roll. Did you know, Lauren, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a factoid... You get you can get fined for not registering to be on the electrical roll, electoral roll. Yes, I've heard this. Um, a friend of mine actually lost their driver's license because they didn't. Wow! What? Yeah, no, I'm no ZLI, and I was like, that actually did happen to someone. You know, you hear all the rumours. 
that it does happen. Mm. Here's another factoid. I almost almost said electrical roll before. Well, aren't you a bright spark? Oh, oh Tish. don't. Be, you're going to edit that out, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I'm very lazy. What? Why is it so important then for our American friends to vote in their upcoming presidential election? Oh, do I need to answer that question? I, um, I, I think our little friend Donald Trump, I heard a, I've been listening to a lot of American podcasts uh, recently about it and it's kind of like they did it as a joke and now it's got to that point where, holy crap, we're in contention now. And mm. I think the, the power trip has now gone to Mr. Trump's head and it's, I don't know, it's just getting a little out of control. I think I couldn't even imagine, like, here in Australia, obviously we are a very different society, but I was watching, I think, the news this morning and there's blockades, there's police at a rally. Like that, that would never happen for, you know, Bill Shorten or Malcolm Turnbull, I don't see no barricades happening for those two gentlemen who are the leaders of the major parties here. I think it's... I don't know if I have to get my words together, Steve. It's okay. Um, I think also being who the leader not only of the United States, but you're also the leader of the free world. I've just got this bad impression of, you know, Donald Trump lifting up that nuke phone and going, you're fired and off shoots these nuclear weapons <laughs> like a bad comedy. There's no question that I think, given the the broader, certainly people outside America, their experience of Trump is that we've only ever seen him, you know, in a, in a walk-on comedic role, like in, you know, the, the, it's a comedy and here's Trump being Trump in that scenario or him, you know, involved in the Celebrity Apprentice and that mm. kind of thing. And it doesn't, those things are great entertainment, but they're not, presidential things and uh, I think the concern for those of us outside America is that we see all of what's being reported on the news and sure we get it filtered through the Australian media here as well Um, it just the stuff that Trump is doing is all fluff and no substance or at least that's what it appears to be yeah and I hope and I hope to God it is just a show but um I also hope that... But he's just won the the, the candidacy is, for the Republican, Republican like, Party. Oh, God. I hope Hillary can pull this off. <laughs> oh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. But I think also from us, um, it's quite interesting being on the outside, uh, watching in, but it will and it could affect us, which is always a little bit scary. I think we just need to make better friends with China. Yeah. Got some serious dumplings going on there. Which is pelt dumplings at America. Um, Loz, why are you passionate about marriage equality? Well, I think in this day and age, it's a little bit ridiculous um, for us here in Australia, for someone who is of you know, gay or lesbian, they are born that way, um, that they don't have the same rights as you or me. Um, mm-hmm. Why do we treat these people as second-class citizens? They pay their taxes. They do all the things that we do. But, you know, that that marriage thing, you're not allowed to have that. Um, Giving them gay marriage, I had the, you know, it'll break the sanctity of marriage. Um, Mm. But yet, you know, people can marry their dogs or marry this. We've got TV shows. The slippery slope. TV shows that are dedicated to being married at first sight. Um, I don't know. I just find that so... 
disheartening. I thought we were better than that. I think of New Zealand, who are our closest neighbours, and oh, they just mm-hmm. got it done. It just happened. Um, one of my favourite speeches to watch on YouTube is a gentleman who does a speech about, you know, the sun will rise tomorrow. Someone wrote to me and said, I will burn in hell for all eternity for having this. And he's a physicist and said, I'll last 0.2 seconds. You know, it doesn't mean a lot to you or me, but it means a world to them. It's such a great speech. Mm. Um, I think it's called Rainbow Over My Electorate. If you, if you go on YouTube and watch it. So what's the attraction to being a YouTuber? Back in the day, I think it was to share my creativity. Um, Mm. I've been doing YouTube, I guess, for about 10 years. And when I first started doing the YouTube stuff, it was more about silly little things that I had in my head and I wanted to have a voice and share um, different thoughts and ideas and things like that. I also made silly comedy skit videos that kind of did go viral, I guess, back in the day. Um, and then it sort of didn't go anywhere with the subscribers and the views. So I sort of went back and thought, no, I'm, I'm really passionate about cooking. I really love to do that. And I'm really good at it. That's one of the things that I'm, you know, Mm. great at. You asked me to bake a cake. No problem. You asked me to poach an egg. Forget it. I am absolutely hopeless at poaching an egg. Um, so I thought, well, no, I really should be a bit more serious about this. So then I started the my the new channel that I have at the moment called This Dessert Junkie, and that's been going great for me. So um, that's what was starting. Now it's more about educating and teaching about cooking really basic things. What's your favourite thing to cook slash bake? Oh, I'm thinking something maybe with chocolate. Mm, that's a good start. Chocolate's always a winner. Um, also I like to bake, I think if it has a purpose and what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. um, I baked some stuff the other week, which, uh, went to a new, a group that was for domestic violence for a fundraiser. And mm-hmm. when you're making something, you're going, you know what, I'm not just making this for me. I'm making this for someone else. It's going to a good cause. That's what I like to make. I like to make something and give it to someone. There's nothing better than a gift of something that you've made, I think. Mm. Do you get feedback in those scenarios? Like, do you find out how, like, how did it go? Do people like it? That sort of stuff? Or is it just, here is my gift to you? And I walk away into the night. Um, <laughs> I need a smoke bomb. Here's my thing. Smoke bomb. <laughs> oh, by the way, it has nuts. Um, no, I actually, I got some great feedback. Once again, we were talking brownies before. I made brownies, mm. chocolate brownies. And um, I was in my day job and I could hear people around me going, those brownies were amazing. And I'm like, that was me. That was me. And it makes me sort of go, oh, I made something good. And then I will go and tell them, I actually, I made that. Uh, oh, here's the recipe, by the way. Please go check out my YouTube channel. Nothing, nothing hurts than getting a shameless plug-in. Yeah, for sure. Have you contemplated making to sell things? I have. Um, the legalities are a little bit tricky. Um, you, know, you need a commercial kitchen. We just spit in every things. third one. Um, oh, yeah, there's a taste of me in every bite. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it is a little bit tricky and I think I need a little bit more of a business plan around it. Um, but the thought has certainly crossed my mind of, you know, going into production or going to a point where I could sell, say, a, you know, a kit where you could buy it and, and make it yep. kind of thing. But that is far, far down the track, I think. And also TM, Still. that's my idea. Don't anyone steal that idea. That is mine. I was going to say it's a good idea. Quick, I need to write it down and mail it to myself. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I think once we publish this, that officially makes it ours. You only get 10%. That's enough. I'll take 10% of a million bucks. <laughs> what challenges you, Loz? Um, in general or YouTube or what sort of... Yes. I'll go the YouTube thing because I have been challenged with that at the moment. Um, my biggest challenge with the YouTube thing is what do I make next? That is my biggest challenge because mm-hmm. the audience, um, you know, I think, great, they're going to love this because I've made something similar, it went crazy, and you make it and the video doesn't perform as what you expect. And you go, damn it. <laughs> um, that is a challenge. Um, trying to get people to subscribe. YouTube is sort of graded, I guess, on subscribers. These days mm-hmm. they're changing it to the word fans. Don't see how that works. Um, but that is the challenge. It's getting people to push that button to come back and, and watch again as opposed to watching sometimes or just searching for a recipe. Yep. It, the YouTube thing can be quite a lucrative end game in itself, can't it? It can, it can for some people, um, and it de- really the the big money these days, I guess, in the whole YouTube world, is your sponsorship, um, and some people can make great money out of that. Uh, do you have a particular YouTuber that you look up to uh, as a as a you know an ideal situation or a goal? I want to be like them. Uh, yes, yes, and no. Um, there are YouTubers that I watch that are absolutely 100% complete opposite to me, which I find completely inspirational. Um, mm. And then you look at people who work in the food area. Um, great example is a lady called Elise who runs a channel called My Cupcake Addiction. She's taken that from nothing to around 2 million subscribers. I know 2 million, it's like a country. Um, wow. But do I want to do the same thing as her? Probably not. I want to be me at the end of the day. Oh, sure. No, I, and I don't mean to copy, you know, their delivery or mm. anything. Like that. I just mean in, in the, the model that they put forward uh, as far as their YouTube air quotes business. Yeah, like she she's doing so well. Um, and I've got, I guess, a lot of friends in that space that are, are doing really, really well. It is their business. It is their day job. Um, and I do find inspiration in them. And I also love to learn from them and see what they're doing, how are they so editing or how are they getting that, that shot that works really well? Most people use YouTube as a dive in and out source for music or funny things or they get caught in the rabbit warren of they're watching some kind of, you know, bizarre car accident video and then they're watching the next one and the next one and the next it's one. It's okay, Steve. We know you watch them. Well, cats as well. Whatever. I mean, insert your poison here, right? Whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, whatever it is. What, if, if people are 
wanting to dive into this world of like dedicated YouTube producers like yourself, who are, who are two or three that they could, you know, sample that you think would be good value? Um, once again, I think it is probably your poison. The one person that I watch day in, day out consistently is a gentleman named Casey Neistat. Um, mm-hmm. he blog, does a daily vlog. He vlogs his life in New York city and he, you look at his stuff and you think he's been to film school and he's, you know, he's got more cameras and things he knows what to do with. He's got four drones. He's crazy, crazy guy, but became a parent at 16, never went to finished high school, has achieved all this from working hard and playing with cameras and, and doing all of these things. And he vlogs his life. Um, I just find what he does so exciting and he always has inspirational and always wants to help people and give advice and um, I love what he does he is complete opposite to me but I just, <laughs> just love what he does the the quality that he does and the drone work and um, me I make cooking videos I'm never going to use a drone but I admire the quality of that um, yeah so he's definitely one I would highly recommend um, I, I mean you can I know, with YouTube, you can either watch the real big guys that do heaps of stuff or you can watch the little guys. Um, another person that I think of is a guy named Benjamin. don't know his last name. Apologies. He has a little YouTube channel called On Wings and he is a flight attendant with mm. American Eagle Airlines. And he does a little quick vlog of his day. So he's like, I'm on call. I'm on reserve. I've got a flight today. I'm in such and such. And then he has talks about, you know, um, an interesting passenger or an interesting um, thing that's happened to him in his day. And I just find him so entertaining. But all he does is shoot on an iPhone. That's it. Yep. He edits it using the YouTube editing software that's available on YouTube. He doesn't use anything fancy. It's just telling a really good story. Great. That made probably no sense whatsoever. No, no, no. That, well, that's... <laughs> But that's the nature of YouTube is that these people telling their stories, doing different things in different ways. Um, yeah, you can have and, the best camera equipment in the world. You can have you know, the, the latest and greatest, but if your story's not good, no one's going to watch you or what you're trying to show. If it's not good, no one's going to watch. No one's going to listen and, and hear what you have to say. Is 2 million subscribers a I don't have to do anything else professionally other than my YouTube channel level of people? Uh, not really these days. I think... Um, really? Yeah. So so in the YouTube world, the most subscribed person is a gentleman named Cutie Pie. A Cutie Pie. I think I've watched his videos like once or twice. He has 30 million subscribers. What? To get a, a million subscribers these days, I think they said there's about five thousand people or something like that that have a million subscribers what so the millions not really is you know like a, a goal these days it's it's now five ten fifteen million um Gosh. and and i guess these people that are at that's that level it is a business there's the, the add-on sale you know the merchandising the appearances the creating still they're still making the youtube videos they've got all the social media, the Twitter, the Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, it's just constant, constant work. 
Um, I don't envy those people in any way, shape or form. It also sounds like they have agents. They have agents. They have managers. They have um, a thing called an NCM, which is a network, multi-channel network. These are people that go and sell that advertising space that you see on YouTube. So when you watch a YouTube video, there's obviously a little pop-up for an ad or a pop-up at the side Mm. or a pop-up that rolls before you watch a YouTube video. So they're selling that space as well as selling the artist or the creator. Gosh. There's pieces of pies everywhere. <laughs> it sounds scary and good and enticing and freaky. All at the same time, yeah. Yeah. What for you is a source of strength, Lauren? I think that I'm doing okay in the scheme of things sometimes. I Sometimes I think get a bit worried that I'm not um, doing as well as I could be. Um, Mm -hmm. and that might be YouTube-wide, that might be personally-wise all the time. Um, But I think about where I started and, you know, I've only been doing this sort of incarnation for two years. I think I'm doing okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas I think everyone has that level of self-doubt in them. And I think you've always got to sit back and go, where was I a year ago? Where am I now? What have lessons have I learned? What can I do better? Okay, you're not doing so bad. Keep going. If you were to ask yourself those questions now, how do you answer them? I I probably answer them as going, I'm I'm doing okay. I look at other people that are in this space, um, or say in Australia, and I think, okay, I'm I'm getting there. Um, mm-hmm. I well, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> I'm really thinking about it. That's a really hard question. My specialty. Oh, you evil, evil man. Um, I don't know. I sort of, I I often um, read a lot of forums and things like that on YouTube, and I see mm-hmm. people go, "I've got a hundred subscribers. Why isn't it happening for me?" I go, okay. Um, <laughs> and I, I think strength that I, I've learned that lesson. I've been there um, and I'm, I've got to that point now where I can actually even offer that information back and once again teach and learn um, to people who are starting. I think that's also showing strengths that you are willing to help out the little guy as well as learn from the big yep. guy. Yeah, totally fair. Look at you, grandma of the YouTube circuit. Oh, I don't think I'm a grandma. There's a lot of grandmas on YouTube. Don't don't be dissing the grandmas. I was only meaning in long, your longevity <laughs> on the platform. I know, it's Lauren. Don't, uh, it's don't police me. <laughs> that was such a bad question. Oh, that was the worst answer ever. It was totally fine. Shit house. Shush. <laughs> well, let's I'll throw it to you this way then. Okay. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, I hope that I can at least, um, I've set myself a goal around 7,000 subscribers. Uh, what I like to do every year is with my YouTube is I will make a video and I'll say, these are my goals for the year. Mm-hmm. And I you know, put it out there in the universe. I hope that the people that do watch me share that goal. Um, so one of them is 7,000 subscribers. So hopefully I'll hit that. 
um, to vlog more. When I mean vlog, if, it, if um, your listeners aren't sure what the term vlog is, it's, it's video blogging. So like that daily vlogging. Um, I used to be great yep. at that. I am completely lost that skill and I want to get that skill back. I want to take my subscribers um, around the city of Brisbane, for example, that's where I live, and, and show them some of the great areas that we have, the different foods, the different cultures. What does my city have to offer? That's something I want to build on. Um, I want to write more. So I, I started a blog and I've told myself I will post on that every month. Even though I may not want to write anything, I will do it. Um, so that's my, you know, my next 12-month plan, really. Is it achievable? I'm going okay so far. Um I've Good. written things and I'm doing things and I'm conscious of that in my mind that it's getting to the end of the month, I've got to write something, do something, <laughs> think of the topic, <laughs> put it out there and do it. And I think once again, you know, what's a sense of achievement is when you do it and you hit that post button and it's out there and you're like, okay, I've done that. Next task. Well, where do you draw that inspiration from? Really not sure. I think it's just something I've always liked to do. I'm trying to think of where, you know, what on earth drove me to write stuff. I was not the best at English in high school. I think it was one of the subjects that I didn't do as good as I did with other subjects. Um, but I think I might have got to that point where I'm like, this may not suit a YouTube video. It might be better in a written form. So mm. that's where I thought, okay, I might change that. Um, you know, once again, we talk about voting that may not grow great in a video, but it works great in a written form. And that's why I wrote something about that. Well, thank you, Lauren. Please know that the things you said today are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat with you. Very clearly you are a tweeting person. I do. What other social accounts do we need to know about? Look, I'm on brand and I have all of them. Um, and they're all pretty much Miss Dessert Junkies. So um, MS Dessert with two S's. Don't make it desert. Junkie at Twitter. Um, it's a very different thing. Yes. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. I have them all. Unless they end. Oh, and I also have Beam as well. Beam's a new one run by Casey Neistat. Um, until I invent another social media. And I'll probably have that thing as well. Oh, yep. There's too many, isn't there? Another thing? Oh, and I can barely keep up with the things oh, that I do, and I don't I for, do many of them. I forgot one. My oh, website. Yeah? <laughs> 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 Which is com as well. So there is plenty of me on the internet. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Ms. Dessert Junkie is indeed human. Plenty of you on the internet is an interesting proposition.